Nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you 
with you, with you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch. Exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black. I'm happy to be here today. And today, Spoken Soul family, we have a a dope, dope, dope artist in the building today. I've been really, really anticipating doing this interview. I am a fan of her work. She is a phenomenal artist. Let me give her the introduction she deserves. Robin Danielle Bobo is an 80s baby born in Ypsilanti, Michigan. In a town so small, the only thing to do was write, sing, dance, and create. It is there that Robin discovered she was an artist. Robin moved to Chicago in the late 90s and was sucked into the poetry scene, competing in any slam she could find. Several louder than bomb competitions and of course the fiery open mic stage. Robin was rarely seen without a mic in her hand as a teenager. The day Robin walked into Austin Town Hall Cultural Center is the day her life changed. After meeting Dion Hawkins, her mentor and close friend, Robin used the stage for more than clever rhymes and 16 bars. Robin began to do several stage plays at both Austin Town Hall Cultural Center as well as Circle Theater in Oak Park, Illinois. Musical theater was a calling that she could not ignore. From The Wiz to the Broadway masterpiece, Once on This Island, she began to star as a vocalist and actress. It is here that she would meet others who loved creating as much as she did. After several other stages and television performances, Robin drifted to dance. The Hornets drill team of West Side of Chicago was an outlet for dance, drill, and of course, a little theater. Robin competed in competitions all over the USA, but could not forget her first love. In 2005, Robin and her cousin Edin, Edwin Edot Clayton along with several other talented friends, started So Ill, So Ill, short for So Illinois, consisting of writers who brought their gifts to the stage with song, comedy, and of course, poetry. It was on those stages that she would meet the love of her life, Darnell B-Rock Bobo, one half of the hip-hop duo The Ox Morons. In 2008, she married B-Rock. Of course, their vows were poems. Now Robin begins her new chapter as an artist by being vice president of Bobo, Black-owned, Black-operated, Enterprises, and owner of Bobo Emporium, host of Padded Room Open Mic, and co-creator of Think Tank that focuses on ethnic pride education, life skills training, and financial planning for children of color. In a recent production of Dreamgirls, Robin starred as Effie White, still keeping a close relationship with theater, music, and dance. The Bobos are artists who not only take their talents to any open mic or stage in Chicago, but use those talents to give back to young Chicago artists like they were once. Outside of art, Robin has a BSN RN degree, MBA in human resources, and the acting operations manager of CETA call center. She owns a few successful businesses, Robin's Resume Renovations, Robin B. Productions, Event Planning and Artist Services, and the Bobo Emporium Hip-Hop Shop slash Event Rentals. Robin B. has always been in love with creating 
and a creator. She's a wife, a mother of three, an artist, and an original Renaissance woman. Spoken Soul family, I want to give a warm, warm, warm welcome to Miss Robin Danielle Bobo. Hello, Queen. Hello, Queen. How you doing today, Bobby? Um, I'm so well. I'm so well, man. I'm so happy to have you. I am a complete fan of your work. And ladies and gentlemen, I may add that this was the sister spitting in the beginning of the show because my audience is used to me spitting in the beginning of the show. But I want to try okay. something different. So I want to give the artists that I'm interviewing their, their due diligence and their shine. And that poem, uh, that poem, it, it just, it sends shivers all through my body because it's just so authentic. It's so real. And um, like what you've overcome, my queen, man, you, you are definitely an inspiration. You are definitely an inspiration, man. And your spoken word, it speaks volumes, queen. It speaks volumes. So I appreciate Most definite, most definite. So I, I want to ask you, why why poetry it could have been anything else but why poetry um it really happened organically i love music specifically hip-hop music um like you said anybody know anything about fc it's not far from Atlanta and detroit so i grew up listening to a lot of different artists and I, my brother and i who are very close to age, we used to rap with our pistols and our fists and bang on the tables, make our beats and spit. And I really found as I got older and I got into theater and learned more about art that I did better as an artist doing poetry than I was a rapper. It took me some time, but I realized, like, oh, you're not a rapper, you're a poet. And um, Chicago did that for me. So when I came to Chicago, and I learned about the poetry scene and found out about glam and all the different avenues that you have to do poetry here. I learned quickly that's where I belong. And I came out of being a rapper and then more to being a poet and more specifically to being a spoken word artist. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, man, because, uh, I mean, you got it. You got the whole package. And you, you're just not a, a spoken word artist. You're also a songstress. You have yes. a you have an amazing voice. I mean, your voice is like it's so beautiful, so powerful. You are definitely reminiscent of of a Jennifer Holiday, uh, you know what I'm saying? A Jennifer Hudson. I mean, your voice, your voice is definitely is like that, man. Like when did you when did you begin to start singing? Like how how long have you been singing? Oh, uh, I can't remember when I wasn't singing. Mm. Uh, my mother is a singer. And uh, my mother and my stepfather, they were in the band together. And they actually, in a small town, they were the couple who did all the weddings and birthday parties and tournaments. She would book their band, Emmy Dose, which to this day, I don't know exactly what Emmy Dose is, but you would pick their band to do your event. And um, I got to give a shout out to my stepfather. He recognized when I was really young, like, oh, this child can sing. And he heard me singing, heard me rapping, and he went right out to the store and bought studio equipment, put it in my house, and encouraged us to sing. And my mom, you know, she encouraged us. She showed me how to harmonize and to find my note and to be true to my voice. And then my mentor, Dion, she really nourished my theater voice, which is why I sound like a Jennifer Holiday or Jennifer Hudson. I have a very <laughs> gospel theater type yes. voice. Yes, you got you got that voice that make you feel it. I mean, you can really feel that emotion that you're trying to convey, and it's absolutely wonderful. All right, so let me ask you, what is because because I, I mentioned it in your bio, but what is? Give us a little bit more information about the Think Tank Foundation. Oh, glad you asked that. Think Tank Foundation is a not for profit that my husband actually started. Uh, my husband is from Chicago, Chatham area, and he um, is a very smart guy who was in the healthcare field for a very long time. And he worked at Clinton Psych for a while. And with the help of himself and one of his mentors, Malak, who is a nonprofit called 89 Plus One, they did a lot of research and found out about 
a study the Lori Children's Hospital, University of Chicago, and Loyola did. And this study basically said that people, specifically children, who don't have a strong sense of ethnic pride usually suffer from mental health issues, and it's harder for them to adjust and to be productive members of society. And uh, my husband, being you know a child advocate, he works at Chicago Public Schools. Again, he was in children's rights for a very long time. He wants to find a way to combat that and provide children ethnic pride at a very young age. And um, being in the school system, he realized very quickly they weren't getting that. Most children, when they're educated about their culture and they're black, they learn about slavery, Jim Crow, civil rights. Jim, Jim Crow, civil rights, slavery, back and forth, back and forth, nothing new and nothing about their history before they were kidnapped and brought here. And nothing about the diaspora and the other places that black people are. We There are more brown people on this planet than there are in any other culture. And a That's lot right. of us don't know that. So they tell us stuff like we're a minority when in fact we're the majority. That's so right. uh, my husband taught me these things and he wanted to teach children these things and he created Think Tank Foundation specifically for what we call bring urban ethnic pride to children in urban communities and teach them about their history before slavery and post-civil rights. Mm. I, I can really appreciate this movement, man, because you see that even in the media, they make a, they make a, a, a strong effort to reinforce these negative images of black people in America. Like every so often they come back with another roots. They come back with another, another slave, another Negro spiritual movie to, to, to really typecast us into a certain type of being. And when you got the youth who are so very impressionable growing up and the only thing you hear about is, Oh, your history, your legacy is from slavery. Like we've been on this planet for millions of years. It's not like we just got here. We've been here. So our legacy didn't start with slavery and it wouldn't end with slavery. You know, so I I can really appreciate that speaking of pride into our youth and letting them know who they are, because this is very important. It is very important. So I definitely applaud you for that, Queen, you and your husband, man, for found for creating a space for the youth now tell yeah. me now tell me a little bit about the bobo emporium because the bobo emporium is lit right now like <laughs> all through facebook that joint lit man i be watching y'all 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 classes i the, the sipping paint or the paint and, and, and smoke or whatever but i be watching the the different broadcasts that you that you bring that you're uh, operating outside of the space that you have and I think it's amazing I think it's amazing to have a black owned business you know a black power couple you and your husband which is great you know to to show that black love is real man that black people love each other man they always try to put yeah. this like black man and black woman is against each other and it's not like that and yet and you and your husband's union is a testament of that and and i can definitely appreciate that too queen so tell us a little bit about the bobo emporium yeah so bobo emporium is um one of our new babies it is it is out of a lot of frustration at least on my end we have been doing uh, poetry for a very long time we have some open mic for a very long time and the main issue we always have is venues. Venues that appreciate the black culture and want to try to stifle it. And um, open the open mic, that would always be the problem. We'd get people that were really going to censor the mic, try to stop people from saying and doing things. And once you do that, it's no longer an open mic, right? So there's that aspect. Then there's the other aspect of just having things for black people to do that are not the same thing. Mm. Um, me and my husband were always running into this problem where we were trying to go on a date night and you go online and you try to see what's going on. Everything's up north. Everything's in the west suburbs. Nothing going on in our own neighborhood. And then the other aspect is being able to buy items that are culturally influenced. We got stores like Spencer's Hot Top. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. We had some technical difficulties, but now we back online. You there, Queen? I am here. All right, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So, like I was saying before you, uh, before we had the interruption, is that I can really appreciate what you and your husband is bringing to your community, and how you guys are being proactive and really caring 
to do something of what's going on with our condition. And um, I think it's very important. I always talk about how we as a people, we're the biggest consumers, but we don't manufacture nothing. And we got to start getting into manufacturing, you know, like all of the talent, we bring the talent. You look at any any field, the entertainment world, sports world, we bring the talent so we can bring that same talent and build institutions where we can have our own. We don't have yeah. to rely. We don't have to rely on no one else. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. Definitely. But this is that time. This is the time where you get to bless the audience with a piece. So while you get ready, I'm going to play I'm going to play a. Uh, a quick snippet from one of my sponsors and then I'll set the stage for you and you can start this piece, Queen. Sounds great. All right. Hello. This is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Interchild Press International. First, I must say we at Interchild Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Interchild Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to Miss Robin Danielle Bobo. They call it voodoo. But me and you be that real black magic. The kind of take two fish and five loaves and turn it into a tenfold. All I need becomes dough. Honey, we. Honey, we turn water into wine and define math. One plus one equals five. You and I equal two girls and a little guy. We make them nervous when we raise the dead. I raise your head. Light as a feather and stiff as a board and keep your head up. Things are going to be easier than before because we have spared. Call me Bathsheba. David, Copperfield. Touch and agree. Ask and receive like abracadabra. We manifest. Yes, walking on water could seem farther from real when you ain't never seen real love like this, but we've been known to heal the blind. Poof. Now you see me, I mean we, yes, us, you and I, with magic as black as southern sky, the and gravity, they call it wicked because they don't get it and they can't have it with love with some real black magic. I'm talking love so black, it casts shadows over any lie that tries to kill our innocence. Black enough to eclipse thorns or surnames of past slave owners, like John Bunn, Robinson. Never mind. Black enough to know the next line. Love like mine, the midnight marauder. Call my tribe Judah. Press down and found in Ethiopia a utopia of black love. Far above romantic. Because we do better than Romans do. Right? Give me love of soiled skin sisters. Cold cheek children. Hued Hermano, a blend of all the atoms we eat before the snake shit. Love like black hole, taking it all in. Black magic it can't be thin. It's dark and dreamy. I need to see me. So make it so black that everything around me is mirror. A tinted window, hard with promise. Honest and honest. I know that it's real. 
It's what parts the Red Sea and lives in these fields. They can't steal me. They don't know the incantation that got nations loving through pain. So when they speak the black love, they'll say our name. Open sesame. Let them see. Black love, black magic can't be a bad thing. That's that. Thing. Yes, that's that. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. The black love. That's right. Black love, man. So many times they try to like, they try to put the black man and the black woman against each other. You see, yeah. it, man. And uh, I, I, I love the fact of black union, man. Black union, black working together, man. That's why I like your acronym, BOBO, black owned, black operated. That's, that's dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's dope. <laughs> That's dope. I'm, di- I'm, you know what I'm saying I'm digging it. Like man, I'm like what you have to offer is like it's so much, man. I'm like it, like you just not one dimensional. Like you just you got so many different facets to you. You act, you sing. Tell us about the acting. How did you how did you land the role as Effie for the Dream Girls? So actually, it was my husband's audition. Um, he was going to audition for Dream Girls. And I went with him just to support him. And I didn't know anything about Dream Girls. I never saw the movie. Um, I didn't know much about it. But my husband, he really, really wanted to audition. He was auditioning for Curtis, which is the role Jamie um, Fox plays in the movie. Mm. So um, I went with him. And as I was listening to the girls sing, I believe the song, You're Gonna Love Me, the song that Jennifer Hudson up. Yes. I was listening to him singing, and I was just in the hallway humming. And one of the guys who was doing the audition, he was like, man, you saw audition. He gave me the sheet music. I played saxophone so I could read music. So I picked up on what the tone was, and I auditioned. And um, a week later, they called me and told me I got the part of Effie. And they called my husband and told me he got the part of Curtis. So we were wow. playing Effie and Curtis. That's dope. That's dope. I, know yeah. the, I know the chemistry was dope. I mean, the chemistry by y'all working together, that's just dope right there. <laughs> Yeah, and it was all coincidence. I had no intentions of auditioning for that play. Wow. I mean, I, that, that play was for you. That's what it was. Yeah. The universe brought that right to you. That was for you. Because your voice is amazing, Queen. Like, with your you, poetry, you. man, you get, you get lost and you forget that because you you such a dynamic spoken word artist. You forget that you that you can blow like that, man. <laughs> you forget, like, some of your pieces you ain't singing. But then you get those pieces that you spit that you're singing, and then you're like, "Whoa!" Like yeah. the whole package, man. It's, it's, it's amazing, man. It's definitely amazing. So you said you're originally from Michigan, but you yes. moved out to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Now Chicago is very rich with spoken words. Like yes. Chicago is definitely on my bucket list to perform because I've performed in different different states all over the country. But Chicago is definitely a place I got to touch a mic in. And, um, like, it's so many dope artists that come out of Chicago. You know, uh, one of my one of, one of the artists that I, I really loved out, out of Chicago is uh, Malik Youssef. I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with him. Yes, um, he actually performed at my open mic before. Oh, that's dope, man. Like, Malik, man, yo, he's... He's official, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His spoken word is dope, man. He's he's one of the few spoken word artists that when I first got into the game, I would listen to and I was like, wow, I like what they're doing. Because he got like a, a little flow too, like a little rap background too. But his yeah. spoken word is like off the meat rack, man. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, you come from, you, you're, you're at with, it's very rich in spoken word. Let me ask you, like you've been in the game for a minute now. So yeah. let me ask you, how do you see the state of spoken word today as we stand today? Like the amount of spoken word, the, the types of spoken word we have today. Like what's your view on where we're at as a community of spoken word artists today? Um, well, I, maybe a few years ago, I was really worried about where the spoken word scene was going. Um, a lot of our open mics in Chicago had dwindled down. The quality of the work wasn't the same. 
And um, as a person who was a beginner and was pretty terrible in the beginning, I don't mind people not being the best artists when they start out. But I think the problem became we got so... What's the word I'm looking for? We got so... We got so spoiled. Mm. Being in the Chicago poetry scene, you're very spoiled. There's a lot of amazing poets, and there was it was oversaturated to the point that the quality was suffering. Mm. But that is changing. A lot of open mics are coming back. I know. Um, I don't know if you know K Love, Kendria K Love Harris. Yes. Uh, she's one of my really good friends. She's pretty much a sister. Oh, she, she is. Um, open mic back for a while just to kind of help get the integrity of the scene up. My husband and I uh, opened my back. We had shut it down for almost four years after we had our baby, our last baby. And um, we brought it back. And there's a lot of open mics that are coming back. And you're seeing the poet are kind of being held accountable. It's like, this is a duty, in my opinion, a duty of God. And you can't just get up there playing around. Like, you got to bring substance to the people because we need it. That's right. It's too much going on right now in the world for us to be giving people garbage. That's right. And there's also the second dynamic of being married to this open mic scene, the Chicago open mic scene. So they got a movement going on right now called 100 Reels, where they're trying to get 100 poets to submit their work to the Grammys to bring poetry, spoken word, back into that Grammy category. Because right now, a lot of books are getting spoken word. I know Michelle Obama won it for her audio book. That's not poetry. Great book. Great Definitely book. in need of a Grammy, but it could be a separate category. Yes. So we are working, um, the poets across the country are really working together to bring the integrity of spoken word back in because there's poetry and written poetry gets its attitudes. You have the Rachel Hughes, your Maya Angelou's, you have your um, Robert Frost, one of my favorites. I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan. Written poetry mm. is respected. The spoken word isn't respected as much anymore, and we're trying to change that. Yes, definitely. Definitely. You mentioned you mentioned K Love and I was like, wow, like I ain't hear that name in, in a long time. I actually performed on the same showcase she was on when she when she oh, came no. to New York. When she came to New York. If this is the same K Love I'm talking about, and I, I'm pretty sure this is the same K Love and she's dope. But yeah, man, that's 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 I mean, that's amazing, man. And and the fact that because I I, I I agree with your sentiment with the state of spoken word today. I think that I think today a lot of people they take for granted or they took for granted the power of the spoken word because people like when you look at it, clowns get paid, comedians Mm -hmm. get paid, you know what I'm saying? All artists get paid, but, but when it comes to spoken word is as though, Oh, this is something free. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Let's do it. So you have a lot of starving artists out here that, that find it hard to, to make ends meet doing poetry, solely poetry as a living. But I think that is, is starting to change. I think that the, uh, the element of the spoken word now today, people are starting to recognize the power of the spoken word. And thus, Man. I think they're starting to, to respect it. And we, we're getting into different avenues that we weren't getting into before. Or we're getting noticed. We're getting noticed where we weren't, where we weren't getting noticed before. So I think I think that's very, very important. You know what I'm saying? That we keep it up and we just keep maintaining and contributing to this community. Contributing to what, you know what I'm saying, what we love and what, you know what I'm saying, what we say we love. But definitely, my queen, we got uh, to get another piece from you, man. You know what I'm saying, and, I, and I'm praying. I'm just hoping. You know what I'm saying. It, could, it a little bit of song could get in it. You know what I mean. If you will bless us a little bit with your with your amazing voice too. You know what I mean. If you got one of those pieces, but it's your choice. Whatever you want to spit, Queen. I can make that happen. I think I got something I can do with some singing in it. All right. So let me set the let me set the stage. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm warm welcome. For my sister and your sister, Miss Robin Danielle Bobo. When <laughs> 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 
this piece right here man wow man that piece is phenomenal man wow like what brought this piece on right here man take, take us through it well um if i actually wrote it for domestic violence month which is in october my birthday's in october and i've never personally experienced domestic violence but i've watched it so many times play out between men and women and it seems like the narrative is very one-sided. Mm. I saw a lot of men being abused, whether mm. it was verbal abuse, whether it was women hitting them and they calling the police or weaponizing police against them. And I wanted to tell the story from both angles. So I started with the woman's angle because that's the side that everybody's used to and that's the side most people pay for when they're booking an artist for domestic violence event. 
And then I flip it at the end to really open your mind that this is a two-way street and that men are not being represented well when it comes to what's going on in these relationships and they too deserve a voice. Yes, yes. I mean, cause that, cause that was that was dope the way you flipped it, because when you first started the piece, that's what you was thinking. You was thinking, all right, this is this is a, a piece about domestic violence, about you know what I'm saying women getting abused, but you flipped it, you know, mm-hmm. because that's that's not really talked about. I tell you, an artist that was was abused, people may not know, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie was, <laughs> yeah, he was a battered man. Like he was in a serious relationship where his wife used to abuse him. So yeah. people think it can't happen because of of the stature of a man. Oh, he's a man, he's stronger, or whatever. He how you gonna get abused? But there's many different types of abuse. And words can hurt way more than, yeah. a, than a fist could. A, a words can hurt you, can redefine the way you think about yourself. You know, yeah. I mean, words can really have a lasting impact on you. So that old saying, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's bullshit because yeah. words have lasting effects. And a lot a lot of people suffer from abuse, whether it be mentally, emotionally or physically. So yeah. that, that's dope the way you, you touched on that point. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a point that a lot of time get overlooked because the narrative, like you said, the narrative that the woman is right. The man is, he's the aggressor all the time. You know what I mean? Even yeah. in the court system. You know what I'm I saying? I saw that a lot with my husband too. Um, when me and my husband first got married, we were, I was 20, he was 21, and he had a one-year-old daughter. And although his relationship wasn't abusive, he was clearly the more suitable parent mm. as far as who should have custody as his child. He worked for a hospital, he was you know, college graduate. Not that he needed to be a college graduate, but he had stability. He had his home. And um, his my daughter's mother at the time, she's doing phenomenal now, but at that time, she just was not equipped to have a little kid. And the mm. system still favors the mother because it's the mother. And it's like, if you're looking at what's best for this child, this child should be with her father. He could provide her stable mm-hmm. home, stable income, love and support. He has family here. And, you know, I, I thought about that, like, wow, no matter the circumstances, this system really is so against specifically black men. Yes. Yes, it is, man. That's deep, man. And I can appreciate the fact that you touched on that because it goes, it goes very unnoticed a lot of the times, man. I know, I know some brothers that are close to me that are going through it, that are going through it. And because the only reason why they're going through it is because of the fact that they're male. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like they deadbeat dads or whatever the case may be, like real good men. But, you know, unfortunately had, you know, you know, had had a baby with a with a woman that wasn't as mature. You know what I mean? And put them through hell, man. So I've seen that. I've seen it on both sides of the spectrum. You know? Yeah, it happens all the time. Definitely. Uh let me see. You, you broke up a little bit. Let me see. Can we get you back? Hope it don't kick you off again. But uh, give you a few seconds. See if it come back in. But uh, definitely, definitely, you know something that the, the piece is def is 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 a is a beautiful piece. Oh, my sister got kicked off. Uh, all right, here she go. She came back. There I go. Yeah. Right, you go. Oh, right. I was just saying when you were saying about the um the men, a lot of people don't know this, but statistically, the most involved parents and the most nurturing parents, statistically, and this is based off research from numerous, numerous mm. academia, that black men are the most involved and the most nurturing parents right now mm. because black women are being very successful and they're in the workforce. And they're, you know, doing their college thing. I'm saying this in my own marriage, too. You know, I'm a super busy girl, so my husband just has a naturally more nurturing demeanor with our children because he's just there with them more. And um, white women, same thing, they're chasing career. But white men have never been that nurturing. So black men are statistically the most nurturing parents right now on the planet. Wow. That's that's deep, man. It, 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 it's so true with the points that you gave because you're right. A lot of women now today are more 
goal orientated, career orientated. So they're out there and they're in the workforce. They're doing their thing. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? The men always get the bad rap. And they, you got some yeah. brothers out here that definitely believe in values, definitely believe in keeping the family unit strong and believe in union. And it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a misconception out there that black men don't believe in union, don't believe in marriage, don't believe in, you know, coming together and raising families. But that's bullshit because because they're here. I'm a testament of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely a testament of that. I'm a black man married to a black woman. We, and we were raising a black daughter. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's it. You know, so definitely, Queen. Yo, I wish I had more time with you, but I have another podcast scheduled. You know what I mean? I texted him already, told him I'm going to be a little late. But, I mean, I would love to have you back on the show with your husband. Maybe y'all can come together. You know what I mean? My husband cold too, so he... Yeah, y'all power couple. I'm tired of following you. I've been in the background following you for a minute. And you know what I'm saying? Your words always inspire me. Even your your, uh, your little words of inspiration when you do throughout the day when you be driving or whatever the case may be and you give a little, like what you said about Simone Biles. I thought, I, I watched that, like, man, this is, this sister is, is dope, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you made a, a lot of great points that this sister is dealing with a lot of stuff where she was, where she was touched and they swept it under the rug. You know like what I'm it never happened. Like it never happened. And I, I was not even aware of it because it was, it's so crazy when you said it and I was listening. I said, I do remember something of those, something along those lines. They said it so quick. They brought it up real, real brief in 2018. And then they just disappeared like it never happened. Mm, it's crazy. <laughs> and then COVID happened. And that made it very convenient to them because the trial started in 2019. And then COVID happened. And so nobody brought it back up. So how dare you all? She's supposed to go run and represent the same country. They allow her to get molested as a child. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Period. Point blank, period. You know yeah. What I mean? so, they did the same thing with Gabby Douglas. Everybody was talking about that girl hair. And I'm like, are we going to talk about the fact that this is one man, too? This mm. same man molested Gabby Douglas, the Mar Biles, and the whole 2012 and 16 thing. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. It's despicable. Yeah. It's crazy. And that's and, and this is what we're dealing with, man. But we're great, yep. man. We are definitely That's why shows like yours are needed. I, I really um respect and appreciate you, brother, providing a platform for, you know, artists to come and speak, not only about art, but about the issues that inspire our art. Definitely, definitely. And that was the aim for, for creating this podcast was to celebrate the spoken word artists and give us a platform. Because it's nothing, it's nothing like an artist. If, if you piss an artist off, man, you piss a poet off, man, and get a poet to start writing about some things, they'll bring some things to light. You know? Yeah. So definitely, man, I want to get you back on and uh, maybe you and your husband can come back on, man, and give us some collabs because I know y'all got collabs. I know <laughs> y'all got collabs with days. <laughs> we actually are working on some new ones. To be honest with you, we have two. And then anything else that we have together is them kids. Mm. <laughs> but uh, that's something that we really need to step into. People always ask, like, y'all don't write together? Y'all don't write together? And I'm like, what ends up happening is we'll talk about a concept and my mind works really quickly. Mm. Most of my poems I wrote in one sitting session in less than 30 minutes. Mm. My husband is a methodical writer. Mm, yeah. And so by the time he gets to getting where he want to say it for any type of group work, he says, I said everything he wants to say. <laughs> 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 so I got a I got a strategy for that. The next thing we write together, I'm gonna let him write first. That's right. That's right. I mean, <laughs> can you tell the people you got any you got any um work out like like CDs or or any we can we can go like stream anything like you have any? I have an album, which I'm actually getting uploaded for streaming. Have not done that yet. Um, Okay, there we go. There we go. Um, my husband actually produced my first album, Birds of a Fat. So I need to get that on streaming devices. I'm working on it now. I'm super old school. I'm an 80s baby. <laughs> um, and I got a book coming out. Um, it should be out by the end of
called Love Thy Selfie. And it's really about okay. loving the reflection of yourself. And all the poems in there are poems about black women, written by black women. All right. So this this what you do then. When you drop that book, we can come, you can come back on the show and we'll debut it. We'll do it. We'll awesome. we'll I would love it. that. Yeah, we'll do a debut of that book, man. We'll go through it, man, and we'll get people to go out there and purchase that thing, man. Real rap, man. You come back when when that book drop, this is an open invitation for you, Queen. You come back and we'll definitely do a debut on that book, man. Definitely. I appreciate that. I cannot wait to collab on it. Most definite, man. So I really, I, I, I really wish I had more time with you. Man. Yeah, let me let you go because I can talk for days. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, man. Uh, I wanna, I wanna thank you. I wanna really thank you for just being humble enough to even come in on the show. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a new podcast and I've been like I said I've been following your work for a minute and I was like man she's almost like a celebrity man I don't know if I hit her like that if she gonna you know what I'm saying if she gonna give me a, a interview or not so I was really nervous and asking for this interview but definitely man I appreciate what you bring to this community I appreciate your work queen and you are a blessing to the spoken word world and thank you thank so much you. I appreciate you God body definitely definitely my queen so definitely when that book drop, you come back and, and we're going to do a debut on that. Right here Let's in the Soul Session. All right, my queen. I want to I wanna, I wanna, uh, remind the audience, if you're looking to uh, get your book published, if you're looking for publishing and you got a chat book, you got your work out there, uh, you can go to Inner Child Press. I'm going to play the commercial one more time, but you go to any child press and you plug in the code spoken soul, the promo code soul is spelled S O L and you get 10% off. So if you out there trying to get your book out, go up, go holler at my people at any child press. They'll definitely do good work and they'll get back with you, man. Definitely. So uh, once again, I want to thank my queen for coming through and blessing the, the, the spoken soul session studio, you know, until next time, love yourself. And love each other. Hello. This is William S. Peters, Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you his listeners and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code Spoken Soul to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com. And we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.interchildpress.com. Thank you.